Are you basketball in a bit of a recruiting rut right now, but uh, what does the future hold for them? They may be missing out on guys on 2023, but building some important relationships in 2024. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, August 10th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics. Thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Brood. Uh, and we have our weekly episode with Jason Jordan, uh, recruiting director for uh, Sports Illustrated, coming up. That'll be our first two segments, uh, and then we'll come back uh, at the end to talk some fo- uh, fall camp stuff for football, a little bit of Big Ten media rights update here at the end. So let's throw it now to our conversation with Jason. And we are now joined by uh, Jason Jordan, Director of Basketball Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. Before we dive into all this, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Last week when we spoke, uh, there was still a little bit of optimism, but IU basketball is in a bit of a rut when it comes to recruiting right now, uh, missing out on a number of guys. We'll start off with the the most recent, um, though maybe not the most likely for Indiana to land. TJ Power announced his top five uh, on Monday, did not include the Hoosiers. Uh, was there really... or? Any surprise, I guess, with who the the five teams that he did have in there was? No, no big surprise um, there. I mean, you know, TJ had an amazing uh, summer, but he really had an amazing end of the summer, and so he literally had Duke, UCLA, uh, Carolina, and I think it was Kansas over a five day period. Um, right at right around right after Kansas City, I think the fourth and final stop at the EYBL. So. Um, just one of those things, man, where uh, you blow up and, you know, you're kind of standing eight count from the blow up. And it's kind of like, well, you know, I know I, I know I want to make my decision in a certain time. And, you know, I got to You know, I, these are the schools that I that I'm liking right now. So it's just one of those things. It seems like with power, it was someone who really kind of, as you said, uh, blew up on the during the spring and summer and kind of flew up prospect boards because I remember early on, it sounded like IU had some inroads in it with them, but the longer it went, the more the Duke, the UNC's, the schools like that seemed to enter the process. Was that kind of how his summer went? Yeah. And that's why coaches like to get stuff done, you know? Yeah. Because, um, you know, you could go and be TJ power and, and be like the most talked about guy in Kansas City, and then one of the most talked about guys at Peach Jam. And when you're one of the most talked about guys at Peach Jam, please yeah. believe the recruitment is going to be a lot tougher for everybody. So you know. And then the other one that IU misses out on uh, on Sunday, Jamie Kaiser commits to Maryland. I believe it was Maryland IU in Virginia, maybe as his final three. This yeah. one didn't seem as much of a surprise either because it really seemed like he wanted to 
to stay close to home and the program he rooted for. Was that the sense you got as well? Yeah, for sure. Like local kid, you know, went to games when he was in the first grade, that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's one of them things where, you know, they knew it was an uphill battle and most schools did know it was an uphill battle, but you got to do your due diligence. And I think that's what you guys did there. How much in recruiting, kind of looking a little big picture, I mean, is momentum a thing you think in recruiting? Because it seems like there were times when it felt like Mike Woodson couldn't miss last year and we're, they're nailing all these recruits. And now seems to be on the, the other side with uh, even going back to Xavier Booker and then these two over the last couple of days. Is momentum a thing you think in recruiting? Meaning like the domino momentum? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not uh... – Sometimes, not, not not to the point that I would say for sure, um, like across the board, it can be, you know, um, but at the end of the day, people are going to by and large and not like hugely by and large going to do what's right for them. And, you know, they're not going to like they're going to go to the fit um, mm. and the system and the opportunity. So um, I wouldn't say that it happens a lot. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes. You know, sometimes the domino can fall in your favor, if, if especially if the kids are connected. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, so it just seems like one of those moments where things aren't really going IU's way right now. There is still one guy left uh, that they are recruiting, or that they've really heavily recruited, I should say, in this 2023 class, Arrington Page. Uh, I mean, I guess where do you sense that IU kind of stands with him is kind of the last guy that they're really going to be going after in this class. Yeah, I think they're, you know, they're formidable there for sure. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's one that's going to be over uh, like soon, but um, mm -hmm. I definitely think you guys are in a good position. Um, but, you know, visits change. It's so weird, man, like recruiting. I think we talked about this last week. It changes even hour to hour. I mean, week yeah. to week for sure. Yeah. Um, but a visits can change. I've seen, a, I've seen phone calls, FaceTimes change the course of a, you know, uh, a, a kid's path. So, um, the more you draw it out to your earlier point, the, the more things can change. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where right after a visit, everyone's super optimistic that they're coming to, to their school yeah. and whatnot. And, and kind of, as you you said as you draw it out there's there's always room for change but it seems like he's the one uh left in this 2023 class before uh kind of go into the spring and see if there's anything that comes up there looking much further forward there's a couple names i wanted to talk about into in today's episode one of them an iu guy one of them a or excuse me one of them an indiana guy freudian slip maybe one of them an indiana guy one of them a top prospect uh both in the 2024 class before we jump into that betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check out uh, all or check in on all your betting needs find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sporting wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's start off with the the Indiana product, whose name I believe is Flory Badunga. Uh, definitely have the Flory part right. 
Um, yeah. I, I I always laugh looking at uh, the YouTube highlights and and how crazy and kind of sensationalized they are because when you look up highlights about him, my favorite one that caught my eye is best big man in Indiana since Greg Oden and Josh McRoberts. Uh, which you're leaving off a lot of pretty big names, uh, Cody Zeller, obviously, but it, I mean, does, how realistic is that? How, how good is, uh, is Flory so far? And I know it's a couple years out, but how good does he look to be? Yeah, definitely promising. I don't know if I'm co-signing that either, Um, but 6'10", super active. That's the biggest thing. The best thing about him is he's, he's 6'10", can't coach that, but you, you know, you also can't coach a kid to have a motor that he has. And so on both ends of the floor, he's super active, never turns the motor off. Um, he, he really had a really good showing at the NBA top 100 camp in June. And, um, you know, that was the best of the best, uh, players there. And he was, he was definitely a productive big there. So, um, he's definitely a, a great finisher, uh, an amazing rim protector. And, and he has really, great hands from what I've seen. Um, and so um, he's a guy that point guards would love, you know, because he's going to always finish the play. He's going to catch the ball and he's going to finish. And he's a, he's a um, strong rebounder as well. So definitely a guy who's going to check off a lot of boxes and a guy who's going to um, give you that post presence on both ends of the floor that coaches are always looking for. Is he a, a bit more of kind of a traditional big man than maybe like a, a Xavier Booker? I know the two of them played yeah. one another during the summer. Yeah, more so than Xavier. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he he was uh, he had an amazing summer um, on the Adidas three SSB. Um, just you know, a guy who definitely gets physical down there in the paint on both ends of the floor and um, knows how to use his body, knows how to absorb contact, finish through contact. Um, so definitely, a guy I, I was definitely impressed with this summer. And with a, a prospect kind of this far out. Um, do you is there really any sense of like where IU stands with a recruit like Flory, or is it just one of those things that's so far out that uh you're almost in kind of the fact finding stage still as a prospect? Yeah. Um. So for twenty four for the twenty twenty four, it's actually not that far out. <laughs> not yeah. not anymore because kids are starting to commit a little earlier with the transfer portal going crazy. Excuse me. Um. So. Uh, you know, I definitely, uh, Indiana is definitely a contender for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but now will he pull the trigger immediately? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's good. I don't think that'll happen in the immediate future. Right. Like, I think he's going to do the, go through the process. I think that's what I've been told on back channels. Like it's not going to happen soon. So, um, definitely a longer, longer way to go on this one. Um, but I mean, it, you could be a lot worse than being in a good position. So you guys are in good position. I think, I think that's that's gonna they're gonna take that win for now. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say it seemed like one of the problems IU had with uh, a number of recruits in in this specific kind of recruiting cycle for twenty twenty three was not having built the relationships early on, uh, especially with someone like Xavier Booker, um, which it seems like that's what they're they're doing with someone like Flory and a number of these other guys is kind of building those relationships early and, right. and right. hoping to, to kind of rely upon that when he does come around and commit. Um, other name I, I wanted to talk about was Liam McNeely. Uh, yeah. Someone we, we've talked a little bit about uh, on the podcast otherwise, but scheduled an official visit to 
uh, Indiana for late September. I guess, first off, just what type of, of prospect is he? I love uh, Liam. One of the best players I saw at Peach Jam. Uh, he, he starred for Drive Nation, playing with Dustin McBride. Um, and, you know, before Peach Jam, he was playing with Ron Holland, who's one of the best players in the 2023 class. So, um, but to be a standout on that team is, you know, saying something mm-hmm. in and of itself. But he might have been, well, Justin had an amazing Peach Jam. But um, Liam was definitely, um, definitely the do-it-all guy. Six seven. And literally does it all. He can run like a point forward um, role and, you know, he's scoring on all three levels, but he's at his best when he's um, aggressive on the offensive end, whether that's playmaking or creating shots for himself or his teammates. Um, but he he's in constant attack mode. And because of his size and length and his versatility, he is a headache of a defend a headache of a matchup for a defender. So. Um, a guy who, you know, y'all should roll out two red carpets for. <laughs> Liam is a bad man. Liam is yeah. a bad man. Yeah. I, I'm sure they absolutely will. And the, the, the interesting thing is he's at Montverde. I use Landon, a couple of guys, Jalen Huchifino, Malik Renault from Montverde. Do those types of pipelines exist? You fans have kind of joked about it, but I mean, is there an importance there to, to having kind of built that relationship with the program? Uh, not at Montverde because, yeah. because yeah, Montverde, I mean, it, that's fair. Yeah. You know, um, so you're always going to have six high major players at Montverde. And so they would probably do themselves a disservice creating a specific pipeline pipeline. I know they have great relationships with uh, Ray Miller and Kevin Boyle, um, you know, but I'd be to be very fair. So, so do a lot of high profile programs because they better. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, but this is, you know, he's he's this will be his first year at Montverde. I mean, that's only going to enhance him because he's going to play for a traveling all star team. I mean, they're yeah. insanely loaded again. Right. Where have we heard that before? Um, but I think, you know, uh, Mike, uh, you know, Kevin Boyle is one of the greatest basketball minds on any level. You know, he's one mm-hmm. of the best coaches for sure. You ask anybody. And um, that's probably going to take Liam's game to the next level. So. He's a guy that, you know, it's a great thing that you're getting him on campus now. Um, I don't think his thing will, his recruitment will be over anytime soon. So it's good that you're getting these inroads early. Are there, I mean, to that point almost, are there kind of any early leaders in the clubhouse or is this a, a long, long road we have ahead of us? Yeah, long road ahead. Talk to mom from time to time. Um, yeah, no, definitely not in the leader stage. He's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's far out. That's far out. Yeah. Well, awesome, uh, awesome stuff here, and appreciate you coming on as always. You can find his work over at Sports Illustrated. His Twitter is right there, as you guys can see, at Jason Jordan SI. Jason, looking forward to, to doing this again next week. Yes, sir. Look forward to it. Talk to you soon, man. Again, big shout out to uh, Jason for coming on and always bringing the insight. Uh, we'll we'll have plenty of stuff to discuss, kind of moving forward with him. Wanted to dive in on some stuff for football uh, with Tom Allen to wrap things up here because he spoke on uh, Tuesday and provided the most insight yet, kind of uh, when it comes to. Uh, the quarterback battle for one, the first scrimmage, uh, of fall camp is going to be on Friday. 
Uh, and Tom Allen spoke about that being telling for just this quarterback battle because, uh, I mean, you could only learn so much through practice, through reps, through game situations. Uh, putting guys out there in, in an unscripted format uh, is the best way, obviously, to learn about who has the upper hand right now. Um, what did stick out, interestingly, he spoke about each quarterback, spoke about Jack Tuttle's kind of leadership, his willingness and eagerness to learn, uh, the the experience he has. When he talked about Connor Bazelak, he talked about his ability to throw, quote, catchable balls uh, sticking out to him. That feels notable because if you're talking about all of the uh, intangibles that Jack Tuttle brings and you're talking about a very tangible, desired quality that Connor Baselick brings. Uh, could be reading too much into it, but uh, my ears kind of perked up when I read that because that seems like a difference, especially after he talked about Tuttle first and um, clearly thinks very highly of him. Jack Tuttle is one of the leaders of this team. And then went to Baselick and immediately started talking about quick release, catchable balls, like actual on-field skills uh, that stuck out to him. It feels notable. Could be reading too much into it. Uh, we'll see. We, I guess we won't technically see. Um, they're not going to announce anybody until uh, probably moments before the game, if we're being honest. So um, we won't really know, but we'll try to get as much information as we can uh, leading up to this one. There was some talk about Jalen Lucas, who true freshman coming in, uh, and Tom Allen said this is not going to be a developmental year for him. We talked about the running back position and how he could be uh, a second string guy. It's either him or Josh Henderson right now vying for that second string spot. Wild thing, kind of looking up about Jalen Lucas, reading some pieces on him. He is only 17 years old. And for effectively the first month of the season, late September is his birthday. He's going to be 17 years old. So I use backup running back could be a true freshman 17 year old for the first part of the season, which absolutely wild to think about. Um, but Jalen Lucas, by it seems like has really adapted. Well, great athlete. He came in as an athlete. Uh, the coaching staff put him at running back and clearly based on him being in contention for second string position that he very comfortable with. So I think regardless if he's second string or third string, we're going to see him on the field uh, maybe in little spurts to begin with and see what he's able to do. But uh, the fact that IU is going to get multiple guys, we talked about that when talking, looking at the depth chart between Jalen Lucas and uh, Deshaun McCollum, they're going to have multiple guys in this kind of, historic recruiting class contributing right away is obviously rare for college football and it is big and, and shows how important this recruiting class was for Tom Allen. A little bit of an update uh, from big or on the big 10 media deal uh, front office sports had a piece on a Tuesday adding some more insight. Big Ten is expecting this deal to be about $1.5 billion, which is uh, the other day when we discussed it, the figure that I kind of figured it would fall around between $1.5 and $2 billion, which means that 
UCLA and USC brought about $500 million increase to the table, uh, bringing their programs obviously have a, a huge reputation, but bringing that Los Angeles market with it, uh, it was going to be around a, a billion dollar deal. Sounds like now it's going to be around a $1.5 billion deal. So if you want to know why um, the Big Ten added UCLA and USC, there's about 500 million reasons, it looks like, just on the media rights alone why they added those two schools. Uh, if the conference pulls this off, it's going to be the richest deal in all of college sports, uh, one that dwarfs the SEC. Now, the SEC is going to be able to negotiate I believe next year their deal is coming and they're going to use this as a benchmark. It's going to be interesting to see how they stack up to um, the big 10, because while they, they have probably more diehard fans, it's, there aren't a lot of big media markets or as many as the big 10 has in their kind of region. You got Atlanta, maybe some places in North Carolina, New Orleans, there's some, there's some, but they're not as big as New York, Chicago, LA. So it'll be interesting to see how that matches up. Also a little note, NBC obviously is in this. Uh, I, I don't remember if I mentioned yesterday, obviously Notre Dame has an NBC deal, which adds a, a level of intrigue to all of this. Cause it feels like Notre Dame uh, is just kind of perched out there seeing how everything's going and, uh, this seems like the closest they may ever be to joining the big 10 NBC though, sees this quote as a perfect one, two punch with Notre Dame football to have big 10 football in the evening or at night. Apparently big or the NBC is going to put something together akin to Sunday night football for the NFL, for the big 10, for these primetime games. So that'll be fun to watch. I don't know how often IU will be in them, Though last season we saw they were in them a fair amount. I think two or three times they were on ABC primetime games. I, I would assume it's going to be the equivalent this year, but we'll see how often they're on those games. But uh, it, it should be fun to watch those regardless. So thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. I think we're finally going to break down that schedule. I think I promised it earlier in the week, and we keep having recruiting news. Aaronson Page could commit. I don't think he will, as we talked about uh, with Jason. So I think we'll finally be able to look at this football schedule. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes to make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. I'll be on tomorrow's episode. We're going to preview IU football, talk about that pro football focus uh, preseason All-Big Ten team that we talked about on yesterday's episode. Taiwan Mullen is on that first team. You can go back and listen there to uh, hear what we had to say about that and some of the honorable mentions for IU. But you can listen tomorrow to Locked On Big Ten to hear uh, an IU football preview uh, with kind of a neutral standpoint with Nate and, and get his thoughts on IU. So be sure to follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave a quick rating and review, all of that. Most importantly, though, guys, I want everybody listening to have a terrific Wednesday in LEO.